Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast. Excited to kick off our first episode. Now, why do we call it Philosophy? I'm Carlos Garcia from Exceed Sales. Philosophy is a combination of the words sales and philosophy put into one. Philosophy is a way of life that sales professionals and entrepreneurs practice with the purpose to make the world a better place from the customer's perspective. For our first episode, I'm excited to bring on Andres Manjarres, who is a longtime friend of mine former colleague and a badass entrepreneur with his own line of athleisure wear called Uplift Athletics. He also happens to have years of experience as a relationship manager in the sales world at a major financial institution where we once worked together. Andres, welcome, brother. Thank you, Carlos. Appreciate it. And I'm very happy for you and your, your new venture. So good luck to you. Thank you, man. I'm Super happy to bring you on as my first guest because we have a wonderful history together as former colleagues. We worked in so many leadership projects together. Uh, you got to see me grow in my role, in my career, as I got a chance to also be part of your growth in your career. And so I want to just to first start introducing you to our listeners to tell your li our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Carlos. And again, yeah, absolutely excited and very honored to be your first guest. The first thing I'll say is, is I've always seen myself as a, as that person that is always wanting to achieve more. And as you mentioned, at one point it related all to a corporate world and I was always eager to do more, you know, get further onto one point I decided to just do it for myself. And that's where I really found that passion to create something from scratch. And, and I think that's the biggest passion I have. Yeah, that's fantastic. And Thinking about Uplift Athletics, where was that brand born? I know that you're a big fitness gym rat, if you will, or <laughs> just a big fan of fitness. I've always, oh, when every time I see you, you've got like amazing fitted suits when we used to work at the bank. And uh, I knew you worked out and you're really into nutrition, but how did you transition from this being a passion to now being kind of a way of life for you? Right. And, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's a lifestyle. And from a lifestyle standpoint, it's not only about the eating, it's not only about the training, but it's also about, you know, from my standpoint as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, it's about how can I innovate? How can I connect the entrepreneurship standpoint to that fitness aspect? And what better way than the way we actually look? I, I'm a big believer in the fact that you walk into a gym and you feel motivated, not only on the way you look, but also on the way you're perceived, right? And I think that, that that's a good balance to have where you're wearing something that you're comfortable with that gets you hyped up, gets you excited to walk into a gym. And I think that makes a, a ton of difference. So that's where the connection for me is stood. And, and I got excited to create Uplift uh, Athletics. And it's been two years of, of that excitement and it's been two years of putting that brand out there I often put it this way. I'm not in the business of selling a t-shirt or a pair of joggers. I am really in the business of creating a community that connects all of us, just like it connected me to this passion that I have. Yeah, that's really awesome. And it sounds like you've always been a fan of not only going to the gym and looking good, but you also want to look good in the clothes that you wear. So maybe somewhere in that space where when you were wearing things, you probably found that there was maybe a gap or a problem. It's like, you know, I'm really comfortable in wearing things that feel like gym clothes because I love the flexibility, you know, maybe the material. And the, would you say that is that sort of where it sparked? Well, you know what? 
there's nothing out there that that really aligns with what I'm looking for. Maybe I'll just build my own brand. I mean, how, how did that come to fruition? Like, what was the day that you said, I'm just going to do this? Yeah, and that's a great question because that's really how it kicked me off. I I was big into fitness. I've, I've been for many years. And when I started to get an influence through social media, I started reaching out to already built brands that did similar things. And at times... I was turned down uh, to be a representative or call it influencer. And to uh, one point, I just said, you know what? I feel that in this aspect, not necessarily from a clothing standpoint, but from the culture that uh, some of these companies have around the inclusiveness, there was a huge gap. I mean, the fact that I'm trying to get into representing a brand that I use, that I, I could look good on or whatever the case may be, and I still cannot get in, I feel there was a still that gap of brand out there to be inclusive. And that's really my determination. The uplift culture that we have is everyone is included. We believe that is not the way you look, is not the way um, that you know others perceive you, is not the numbers of followers that you have is that you're ultimately welcome as long as you align to our uh, vision, which is having the same likes and in, in finding like-minded people that you can connect with. I see it from a standpoint, and I talk about my athletes and the athletes that we work with or the influencers that we, we've gotten, we've gotten a chance to work with. They stop promoting the brand just for the brand itself, which is good. But it's also a part of they feel good about promoting something they like. They really genuinely like the fact that, you know, their owner reached out to them. They can speak to me directly. They can speak to some of our, our crew members. And I think that makes a ton of difference because it brings that brand aspect or that company aspect to a very personal level. And that makes a ton of difference. Yeah. So it's like a movement and a culture that you're really building where they feel like they are part of the journey Correct. as they are growing. And not only do they love the brand and love wearing it, but they also love promoting it just because it's more of a community. It's like you said, you're creating that inclusive environment. That's wonderful. And, you know, you share a lot of concepts that I think about where in the world of sales, you know, in order to get to where you are, and I know you're only, you're early on your journey, but already going through so a lot of success and, and hitting some milestones and congrats on that because it takes a lot of hard work. Thank you. And my first reel, my first video that I put out, I thought about the word hard and I think about hard work and a lot of people say work smart, not hard, but hard work is just hard work. There's no substitute or replacement for it. Hard work really has a lot of determination behind it. Now working smart is also important. I think they work together. It's important to have both. But at the beginning, hard work talks about persistence and consistency. So I broke down the acronym as hard work with what resonates with me that defines hard work as high effort, accountability, repetition, and discipline. And there's no better person I can think of than you, you know, in our years working together, always working hard, also working smart. But as far as those four things, you, you're someone who represents that. And so I wanted to kind of put that concept out there in your uh, space and, and really hear from you. How does that resonate with you? How do you identify yourself 
with those four components of high effort, accountability, repetition, and discipline in your philosophy of life and, and how you put it into your work? Yeah, and that has to do with my lifestyle, right? When it comes down to eating, when it comes down to training, it all relates to heart, right? Because it's about that consistency, right? And discipline, you know, as it stands for is doing things that sometimes you just don't want to do, but you have to do them, right? And I'm sure everyone out there listening to this and, and that has its own business or whatever kind of practice they have, they could relate to the fact that if you don't do the work, no one else would do it for you. And ultimately applies when you're a business owner. If I don't pack my orders, unless I have a fulfillment team in place, then no one else would actually do that for me. If I don't come here and speak about my business, no one else would do that for me. And at times, again, is that consistency and sacrifices that we put out there. So it absolutely relates to everything I've done in my life. Again, starting from a dieting standpoint, from a training standpoint, and then translating it into a business world. And when you said about, you know, working in the bank, this is something that we're taught from a corporate world standpoint. This is how you do things, A, B, C, and not necessarily an application process. It's really up to you to apply it to be successful, right? In this case, I can, I'm my own supervisor, which needs to obligate myself to actually do that and stick to it and see results and trust the process. Right. And, you know, where we worked at in the bank, we, we have learned so many life lessons and there's so many transferable skills that we've been able to apply into our own entrepreneurship journey, if you will. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. When you started Uplift, where did you start transferring some of those skills? Where would you say like, wow, what I've learned, you know, in the corporate world, in the banking world, with all the training and well, all the application, because you also manage relationships in a financial institution and it takes a lot of relationship skill building and all those things. So I wanted to kind of ask you when you started this, how did you start building your brand? How did you get your first customer? And maybe what are some of the concepts that you used from what you learned in your past experience to help you build this brand? Right. And I'll pause there to talk a little bit about not only the relationship management skills, but the moment I started Uplift, even from the moment of registered, registering the corporation, that actually was knowledge that I had from the banking world that I got to apply. So not only from a relationship management standpoint, but in really a lot of aspects, I've been able to really transfer what I know from my job to actually apply it to my own company. Um, and to give some context, we both worked in the small business yeah. space, which provided us with guidance and knowledge to help small business owners register a small business, apply for credit, you know, qualify for, for credit, know all of the foundational things financially you need in order to successfully run your business. So I think you and I share that mutual appreciation for having that knowledge because that's it's sort of what catapulted us to move into being self-employed, right? A hundred percent. And you think about the people trying to start and I still have customers and I still know people that they don't know where to start. And you have that competitive advantage that you kind of know your pathways because you teach your customers about it. And going back to the relationship management standpoint, we started in a very crucial piece because it was 2019 
when we were hitting a few months later the pandemic. And what we do is gym-related, physical activity, social activity, because nowadays you you find yourself in a CrossFit environment or group classes that it's all about social and no social distance allowed, and you can call it that way. And we had to pivot really quick because it was not anymore a one-to-one face-to-face customer is how do we get to a customer through X, right? And that's a gap that I had to fill. At that point, I reached out to one of our great partners, which was a, a fitness studio, Body Tech, a local fitness studio. And literally, I picked up the phone. I started calling all the gyms around us. And we landed this meeting where we met with the owner right away. And we had the chance to actually implement things the next week. And that was a, a great opportunity for us. The biggest thing is that showed me is that doors are closed, but they could be open if you knock on them and you try to open them. It's up to us as business owners, entrepreneurs to actually go out there and start knocking on doors. And you just got to do it, right? Because what, what happens is I think a lot of people, they create their obstacles before they even get started, right? Well, what if I call them? What if they say no? And, you know, what if I'm not ready? What if I don't have the website? They asked me for the website and I don't have, and before you even get started, you already stop yourself. Right. But you, just like what we learned in the bank when we're prospecting or calling and we were taught, we're reaching out to, we know our purpose. We know our mission. And as long as you are connected with your mission and your purpose, nothing will stop you because what you believe is better than the other thing, right? Which is what if this, what if that? Well, no, but you believe you're going to make the world a better place. That's what should motivate you to pick up the phone and just do it because eventually someone's going to align with that vision, with that mission of yours. And when they say yes, there's no better feeling. But of course, you got to take the bad with the good. There's always going to be more no's than, than there are yeses. But once you align with people who are like-minded, just like your mission and your community, then it's just a matter of repetition and discipline, hard work, and just holding yourself accountable to it. So I'm going to put you on the spot. You called the first prospect. And what was your value proposition? Did you craft something up or were you just kind of stumbling at the beginning? Because I know that's something that we used to practice a lot in the bank, right? right. My value proposition. <laughs> I do this. This is how you benefit. This is what makes us different. And we that was drilled into our heads. So I'm curious, what did that sound like? Yeah, I wish I could tell you exact words, but I was too nervous uh, to really know what I was saying. But I just remember being honest. And my mission was just to put it out there. Hey, we are local. We're a small business. I'm sure you're struggling because you're a fitness studio. Um, This may be an opportunity that my crowd, our community could know about your brand and also a good opportunity for my brand to be exposed to your already members. And I think that was just a great connection. It was a very honest and, and quick intro. And she said, yeah, let's meet you know, when, when can you come by? Listen, I'll, I can be there in 45 minutes. Okay, fine. Let's do after lunch. And that's exactly how it happened. So I think to your point, it, it's so important that as business owners, just really anyone in life, uh, to get really good at accepting no's, call it finding a girlfriend, call it finding a mentor, uh, call it finding a next customer. Just be just get okay and be used to getting no's because 
after those no's, a yes will come by. And I think that many times we stop, just like you said, we stop ourselves from the idea of just getting those no's. And at the end of the day, when you realize it, on that same day that I called the yes, I called many no's. Mm -hmm. And I kept going. And I landed a great opportunity that until this day, it's a crucial piece of, of, of our business model. So I, I really encourage everyone out there, whoever is listening to this, to be passionate, even fall in love with the no's. Because at the end of yeah. the day, you start seeing them as learning opportunities. Okay, what can I say next? Mm, maybe this didn't sound as well. Right. Um, and I think that's that's a good opportunity to self-evaluate what you're saying and what you're trying to accomplish. And a no now can be a yes later. 100%. Right? Could mean not now. I mean, a no doesn't necessarily mean no. It just means something else. You're not giving me enough value. It's just not the right time. Or, you know, I don't know you. I don't trust you right. yet. Hey guys, so little palate cleanser. We're about the halfway mark and I want to just take a moment to talk a little bit about my business, Exceed Sales, at Exceed Sales on Instagram. I do provide business coaching and support, building infrastructure, help improve processes. So this episode is promoted and sponsored by me. I'm going to do that plug shamelessly. For our next segment, we get to talk about building trust and building rapport and how vital it is. I want to just kind of talk a little bit about the concept of building trust and rapport building is one of those things that I think you and I know that that is so vital and it also has to be super authentic in order for someone to build a connection and build trust. And when you think about that first customer you met, was this someone that you knew before or was it a straight cold call that you made did you know them through a connection? Did you had you built rapport with them in the past? Because I want to talk about the word rapport and how you use rapport in your process of building relationships and how is how important it is right. in in the world of sales, right? In building long term meaningful relationships. So that's my question to you. Did you know this customer? Did you have rapport? And if not, how did you bridge that gap to build trust so fast? Yeah, no, uh, so I'll give you I'll give you the two scenarios that I think anyone could relate to. The first customer or the first opportunity I, I, we got to get a customer in front of us was through our connection. And the reason why I mention it is because it's okay to get, I mean, some of us in the sales industry, we get referrals, right? How important it is for someone to say, hey, you know what, you should try this out. That referral already gives credibility to whatever you're doing. In my case is you know, selling a, a pair of leggings, right? So we connected with fitness trainers that have a lot of influence within their community. Mind you, these are people that don't necessarily have a thousand, 10,000, a hundred thousand followers on their social media account, but they have the influence within their community, which to us is super valuable. And that's how it happened. This person, this trainer was able to transition over customers to us and the credibility they've, they've built already in their own practice helped us to get in front of our first customers and our first events. And I'll give you a second scenario, which is when until this day we go out to events and we have face-to-face -face customers where you can have a display of multiple SKUs and uh, uh, or clothing, pieces of clothing that customers 
could be overwhelmed with. And my first question to them is, what is it that you're looking for? Because my main goal is to make sure that whatever I have in my display, in our brand, could fit you, could fit your needs, could fit whatever you're looking for, whatever you're going to feel comfortable with. So I think just really stopping and asking to really dig deep what is it that your customer is needing, even if you're calling it or if you're selling clothes, right? I think uh, many stores out there do a great job at doing that, training their salespeople to stop, ask, find out, and then be able to provide a recommendation. And I think it's no different in my business. So, you know, I think that when we talk about transferable skills as well, it's a great example of that because this is what we do at in our industry. We ask questions to find out what our customers need. Same exactly. thing for clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Always looking at it from the perspective of putting yourself in their shoes and how does it align with what makes them feel like confident in making that purchasing decision. Correct. The, the other day I was telling you, you released a, a recent clothing line and I was, you know, I always stalking your account and, and looking at some some clothes because in my head I'm like which one of these would I look good in right and I told you over the phone I was like man that that baby blue hoodie with my skin tone I think it looked pretty fire so <laughs> you know probably gonna get it but you're absolutely right I mean we cannot sell what we like we have to understand what they want and if it aligns with them with their identity with in this in the world of clothing that's a very personal decision some cases it could be influenced by people they admire, maybe in movies or musicians or a style or a genre or music, something that influences them because they like rock and roll. They probably want to wear more rock and roll type of clothing. Mm-hmm. If they like fitness, they probably want to wear because maybe they follow the rock or something like that, right? Just because you know you like fitness, I like rock and roll. So I'm probably not going to wear what you wear just because we just we we physiologically we look different mm-hmm. and you know we just have different likes so if i tell you hey sell me something you're not going to sell me what you like you're going to probably offer me something that aligns with what i like it you got to ask me questions you got to get to know me understand my personal lifestyle that's where rapport comes in right which is making a connection with someone understand their worldview from their perspective and then matching a recommendation or a solution that aligns with how they're seeing it from their eyes that makes sense so that it elevates their confidence to make that purchase decision. And they got to trust you, right? Because most people make a decision on trusting the person that guides them in making that decision. Think about when you want to, when you want to buy something or you, where you want to get into something that you don't know about, but you have a family member that's a doctor or you have a family member that's a specialist in a specific, you first call that family member or that close friend Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And whatever they say, you're going to hang on every word. Why? Because you trust them with your life. With salespeople, sometimes they build a little bit of that that bad reputation just because we know that there are certain industries in which, unfortunately, they've they've built a, a negative reputation. And so when you are in the world of sales and when you think about the word sales, there's an immediate association with that being, oh, this is someone just trying to, make a commission. This is some, someone who's trying to make me do something I don't want to do. So reshaping that perception is huge and rapport building and trust building is the first step to doing that. A hundred percent. Agreed. Yeah. And and I think we, 
we I can relate personally because we've had chances that customers would approach us and they are undecisive on buying something. And just because of that, I'll tell them, listen, if you're not sure about it, if this is not a complete yes, then, you know, maybe give it some thought, you know, pass on it now. This is our website. You can look into it. And we've had opportunities where we have not made a sale just because, again, if you are not sure about what you're doing, it could probably mean that you're not going to buy from us again. And our business is going to, our model is to make it sustainable that our customers become recurring customers. Right. I do not care if I could sell you one t-shirt or one pair of jogger, one pair of legging, if you're not going to buy a second time. You got it. Yep. Think about the long term rather than the quick sale because that quick sale can give you negative press in the long term. Yep. Instead, putting it on their court, you present the information, you present the resources and the options and put the power in the customer making the decision. It's a great conversation, man. Thank you. I like it. I want to wrap up the several concepts we talked about, but with the word rapport, I looked up a couple of things in the internet. You know, I'm a nerd. I like to look at a couple of things. So I want to read a, a few things that, uh, that align with the word rapport in the sales world, building rapport, as you mentioned, it means gaining a person's trust by showing concern for their needs and communicating well. And then on saleshacker.com, there's another article really interesting about steps to build and rapport do's and don'ts. Uh, but just a quick little snippet from that. It says people are more likely to buy from people they like and trust. So at the end of the day, you, you got to be authentic, right? I'm not going to pretend to like heavy metal. And I'm going to talk about music because, you know, I'm into music. When I really, I'm not a fan of heavy metal. But from your perspective, if you like it, I respect it, right? So very important lesson that I'd love to share with you. And we're going to plug your company in just a second. But tell us a little bit about yourself personally. What do you like to do when you're not wearing all these hats, running around, doing all this work for fun, personally? Yeah, so lately, um, and I say lately because you get into that mode, working mode, and you always want to work. When you do what you love doing, it's very easy to fall into, this is what I want to do every single minute I have throughout my day. Um, and in my case, I have a beautiful family. I have a, a five-year-old daughter and a wife that also need that time as well. So it really, um, I found a, a passion around balancing those out because I found how much important it is for me to recharge my energy, to be able to be the better version of myself for uplift. And they do that for me. And, of course. and I, I think that uh, that has been my biggest unplugging moment that I could have with my daughter, Victoria, or my wife, Rosa, um, and, and just spend time and disconnect. And it's hard. I'm not going to say it's easy because we are into social media we are in our website. Things happen every minute of the day. But I really make a, a true effort into after things are done, just disconnect and be able to spend time with them. This is what I do for fun. And of course, I, I go to the gym, I train, I have a huge passion and just following flexible dieting, which is my tracking my macros. It's just a lifestyle. I'm a very structured person. I, I like things on a certain moment, time. And in a certain way, sometimes, of course, that that's against me. But for me, it's just the type of personality that I have. And those things are, are really aligning to that. So that's what I do for fun. That's awesome. Well, last week I called you to say, hey, man, let's do our first podcast. And you're like, 
are, are you busy? You you had some background noise. You're like, I'm in line for the Avatar ride here in Disney, <laughs> yes. but I got time. I, I'm waiting. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me give you the rundown. Didn't so, we talk about it? But it's great. Yeah. Time for family. Time to do things away from work are invigorating. They're important. Just being focused obsessively around work will always produce burnout and eventually becomes counterproductive. So it's it's great that you put space and you create space for your family and balance work and life because at the end of the day, we love our passions, but we also got to put some me time and some self-care and, and balance it. So I commend you for that. Thanks, man. We're really great conversation. So tell our listeners how they can get access to your great clothing line and learn more about you, your social, you know, how they can get in touch either with you or also just get some nice athleisure wear in their uh, closet. Yeah, absolutely. And the first thing I'll say, athleisure wear is the kind of clothing that is not only tailored to go train at the gym, but you can spend your entire day in a pair of leggings that are comfortable. And that's the reason why we call it athleisure wear. You can find us through our website, www.upliftathleticsbrand.com. Our social media is Instagram, and you're going to find us at Uplift Athletics Brand. And my personal handle, it's uh, Uplifting Andy. Um, you can find us there. So find myself in there as well. And I'm looking forward. Hey, listen, if you listen to this podcast, reach out, send us a DM, let us know, see if we can hook it up with uh, any discounts. But absolutely excited. And, and again, thank you uh, for this opportunity, for uh, this conversation, and to reach anyone out there. Because I, I'm a huge podcast listener. Whatever I can get my ears on that are talking about business and the struggles and the challenges and the victories, I'm on it. So what you're doing to putting this content out there, it's absolutely amazing. And I know personally I would appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone listening to will appreciate it as well. So thank you. Thank you, Andy. And it's an honor to have you as my first guest. Awesome conversation. You've always been my first follower, uh, as I sometimes feel like a lone nut in, in this journey, and I, I really do value your friendship and this journey that we're both together on in entrepreneurship. And, you know, if you direct message Andy, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot, and you direct message him, exceed sales or philosophy, he'll give you a special code so that you can uh, get access to some of his clothing at Absolutely. a special discount. So. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and until next time. 